welcome back to Mom Talk. And on this episode, we're going to get caught up on Victoria because I know y'all all want to hear how she's feeling. It's been over a month. I mean, six yeah. weeks. It's been a minute. So, y'all, her last update was when basically she first found out. Yeah, I think that episode we recorded like two weeks after I got diagnosed. Yeah, because I couldn't even believe you were ready to talk, talk about, about it. it. <laughs> but that two weeks felt like two months, so it had felt like I'd known forever. True. Okay, so now, where did we end off with that? You... Yeah, so last time I think I was on one medication, I was waiting to start another one. I have started the other one. Okay. It didn't really... I don't notice a change, but it helps slow progression. So that's why this one's important. Some people, they say it helps feel better, but it also takes 12 weeks to take full effect. So did you feel better with the first one before yes. you added? Yeah. Okay. I felt really good with the first one. Like I mean, chest pains were gone? Chest pains were gone within, I don't know, six weeks. Like completely gone, like didn't have any more. And is that normal? No. I think most people, like it takes... They say with all these meds, it takes 12 to 16 weeks for them to have full effect. So you might start gradually feeling better, but I feel like I had a drastic improvement pretty quickly. I mean, I really couldn't walk up these stairs to tuck in my kids without almost passing out, and now I'm walking a mile a day. I just, I love that. You were walking before, too. I was walking before, but I did stop because it did get so hard, and I was like, I'm going to pass out in the middle of my neighborhood. I can't push these 70 pound kids yeah in your stroller no so are you allowed to push them or should you not so I have met I've done all my follow-ups I've met with my specialist for the first time the pulmonologist actually is why I'm walking a mile a day so when I went to see him he was like you know how are you feeling I was like pretty good because it had been some time. Wait, is the pulmonologist who you already saw not your specialist? Yes. So I met him in the hospital when okay. I got diagnosed. Um, he ran, I'm not joking you, 19 vials of blood I had to get Oh, right. Drawn. Right. At one time, not like throughout the course of my stay. This is one time he was trying to find, because usually this is a secondary condition to something else, you know, autoimmune diseases, sleep apnea. It's usually secondary. And at my follow-up appointment, he asked if... I had seen a specialist yet, which at that point I had not. And he was like, okay, I'll schedule you another follow-up with me just to make sure you have seen a specialist by then. And he said at that appointment, he's like, you know, if she finds out the reason, let me know. She And he was like, and even more so, if, if she doesn't find the reason, let me know. He's invested. He's invested because he went on to say, seeing pulmonary hypertension is pretty common. I'm a pulmonologist. Right. That's his daily. Yeah. He said, but seeing idiopathic, which means there is no cause, it is not secondary, you just have this, we don't know why, he said, that is a once or twice in a career. So he has probably only seen this. Maybe once or twice. And then, so he needs to know He now needs to know what, what our reason is. Okay. He asked us kind of a generic question uh, to assess my condition. Do you think you could walk a mile? And I just kind of nonchalant was like, yeah. And so then a couple weeks later, I met with a specialist. I think it was actually the next week I met with her. And she was super reassuring. She was like, you know, she looked over all of my blood work, all the testing they had done. Um, They do what's called a six-minute walk test, which is exactly what it sounds like it is. You walk for six minutes, and they check your pulse and your oxygen saturation at the end. And how you're feeling, too. Because your oxygen, that's the weird thing about this condition. Your oxygen can be fine, and you can really be gasping for air. I mean, you always send me your little 
My pole socks. Yes, your pole yeah. socks. But I've never even seen it low. No. Okay, so it so hasn't been low for you, but you... Mine has not gone low. The lowest mine's gotten is like 96, and that's when I'm walking like pretty fast pace. Yeah. Or, you know, I did 10 flights of stairs, and it might drop to 96, but that's normal. So that means you're actually breathing fine, but you feel the struggle. You know, I don't yeah. know what this means. Yeah, so... I'm getting enough oxygen. My body is okay. not starved for oxygen. Plenty of oxygen going around, but my bo- my heart and my lungs are working really hard to make sure that happens. So okay. I am feeling not well. I feel like I can't breathe because of how hard my body's having to work to make sure my oxygen stays good. Okay. So it's a pressure problem. So the whole condition is the blood pressure in your arteries, in your lungs, is too high. Now I have overall low blood pressure, but my lungs are jacked up apparently when it comes to that. <laughs> so, Yeah. They're just trying to slow the progression because it is a progressive disease and the earlier you catch it, the faster you can slow it, better So can you, I know you can't reverse it, can you stop it totally from progressing or? It'll, I mean, assuming I live to be, you know, let's call it 70, 80, it will eventually progress. It's a matter of how long can we hold it off at each stage. Okay. And There are new medications coming out. One's coming out in April, and that one has shown signs of reversal. Not even just stopping progression, but, like, reversing what damage has been done. I mean, that's crazy. Like, there's something new coming out they haven't even tried yet, and you are still doing well. Yeah. So, I did ask my specialist about that new medication when I saw her, and she was like, we are so far from that. She's like, they haven't even really studied it in people with as mild of condition as what you're exhibiting. So you probably wouldn't even need it. She said no. She said eventually one day it'll be a great tool to have in our bag if we did get to that point, but not right now. And so you killed the six-minute walk Oh, I killed it. So my pulse stayed at like, I don't know, 88 we'll call it, and my oxygen stayed at 100. And so did you get a gold star? I mean, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) No, so there's also this scale, I forget what it's called, but it's a zero to, I want to say five scale, and you pick how you're feeling. Cause like I said, your oxygen, oxygen can read 100 and I can feel yeah. like crap. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did not feel like crap. I did not feel the slightest bit winded. Now keep in mind, I'm walking up and down a flat hallway inside an air conditioned building. There's yeah, no but... humidity. Like if I was outside, it might be more difficult, but I killed the six minute walk. And do you like your specialist? I do. She was really reassuring and she's, I don't know. You've met doctors who are arrogant almost Mm, mm -hmm. she's not that but she's very confident like you can tell there's a confidence in what she's doing what she knows what she's doing but she was very nice very reassuring I had a list of questions before I went and she answered them all before she got to the end like she came in she's like this is what it is blah 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 she's like this is looking idiopathic for you so it is looking like the more rare one as of right now so you have the rare one and that means they don't know where it came from they don't know where or why okay you know, sometimes it's easier to treat it if it is secondary because if I have sleep apnea and we treat the sleep apnea, my pressures would get better. Mm-hmm. This one's a little harder because there's nothing, they have to treat just this, which you would think would be easier, but it's not because they don't know why it's happening. So do you think that's why it could be hard to diagnose too? Oh, for sure. I mean, that makes sense to me. Yeah. They're looking for all these things, but there's nothing else behind it. Yeah. So she's like, I'm going to go ahead and call this idiopathic. She's like, we do still have some tests we can do and things we can check out. She's like, but we've done a lot and it's looking like it. So she went ahead and formally diagnosed it as idiopathic. Okay. So how do you feel about that? 
You were leaning Don't that way, Google right? Don't Google it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Don't Google it. I do still have more testing like DNA, RNA. I don't really know what all these things are or mean. But she's going to make sure I don't carry a gene that could pass on. Okay. So when is your next appointment for that? January 11th. And will you already have the results? Or is she no. going to do all that stuff then? We're going to do it all then. Okay. And I, you know, she came in the room and she was very reassuring. She was like, went over everything. Hey, this is idiopathic. She did say in t- they estimate about 10% of idiopathic cases. It's actually something hereditary or gene mutation related. Okay. They just don't know what gene or what to look for yet because they're still researching it so heavily. I feel so, like this is like a brand new... I don't know. They're just, I mean, I know people have had it for years from you. Yeah. Your research. Yeah. But they're just still going so much into it. Mm-hmm. You know, we had talked about what Google says the prognosis is yes. on the first episode. The overall theme is do not Google. The overall theme. Mm-hmm. And she was... She was like, most people want to come in here and talk prognosis. And I was like, you read my mind. I was definitely going to ask you when I'm dying. I mean, how could that not be a question, though? I'm laughing, but it's not funny. No. But she was like, yeah. She was like, so um, you're very mild. All your blood work's reassuring. You're not in heart failure. I feel confident. Like the cardiologist had said, I feel confident your heart will go back to normal size. And function is great as is, even. And do you believe all that? I did. Okay, good. Yeah. I mean, I think you should. I just yeah. know sometimes we overthink everything. Oh, I do. But like I said, she had a confidence about her that I was like very reassured about. And she was like, you know, I'm not telling you to go live out your bucket list at all. She's like, live your life normally. Yeah. She said that exercise, lungs in motion, stay in motion. So she's like, you know, it might be uncomfortable. You might not feel great, but it's not going to harm you okay. just because it doesn't feel good. So that's when you picked up your mile walk every day. Yeah. So after that, I was like, well, I told this one doctor I thought I could walk a mile a day. And you just said I should be doing something. So why am I not? Yeah. So now I do. Every day. Sometimes it's fine and I feel good. And sometimes I'm like, man, I really do have this condition. So you can still notice sometimes. Yeah. On exertion only. Honestly, I couldn't tell you before everything Mm -hmm. happened. If I was walking like I currently am, mm-hmm. I have a very hilly neighborhood. Right. And we weren't taking into um, account you had this before, so you don't yeah. you can't compare? No, I can't compare because I, it's not like I've ever been one to love exercise in my life. Right. I've never wanted to work out yeah. or even, you know, walk necessarily. Mm-hmm. So I probably would have been winded to some extent my whole life doing this. True. We have that in common. And Jarrett <laughs> likes to walk with me. He pushes the stroller because I think that would be a little too much yeah. at this point. That's a lot. So he walks with me and he pushes me. Okay. He's like running up the hills. And okay, I'm like, no. well, I can't, I don't think I can do that or ever could do that. Like <laughs> right. past or present we weren't or doing future. It before. So he does push me, but I think it's good. So yeah, I don't know what a regular mile time is for walking but Jared of course does oh yeah he's trying to beat it he's trying to beat it Mm -hmm. so the other day we did one in like 16 minutes and I guess like 15 to 20 is normal okay or average or whatever and these are not leisurely walks let me tell you we are booking it I feel like (laughs) and my legs are kind of like yeah sore yeah he pushes me but it's fine I check my oxygen when I get home that nobody told me to do that I'm just crazy and do that Right. We need to check in. But yeah, 
Sometimes I'll take it like on the walk, like when I do a hill and I am super winded, I'm like, Jarrett, do not talk to me because I cannot respond. Right. And the kids are trying to talk. I'm like, mm mm. Does it make him nervous or does he know you're okay? He knows I'm fine. Okay. He also like knows CPR and stuff. So I really don't think he's caring too much. (laughs) But like on my Apple Watch, there's different zones when you do a workout on there Mm -hmm. zones one through five, and it's based off your heart rate, I guess. And Jarrett can, bless him, he can never get to zone three. Like, he's maxed out at zone two. Like, his heart rate won't go above whatever zone two is. And it's supposed to? Well, I mean, mean, if you're in shape, it probably won't. I was going to say, that's probably better. Yeah, but my pulse is like 178, and Jarrett's looking at me like, are are you okay? Like, that's where he gets concerned, because his heart rate, that's like zone four, I think, or five. And And his 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 won't do that. Okay. Like, even in a house fire. Oh, he's good. We're still at zone two. Okay. (laughs) And that's everything you need to know about him (laughs) in a nutshell. That is him. So, like, the hardest workout of his life, he's not, we're not breaking 130, 140. I mean, he is and has always been in shape. For no reason, though. Yeah. It's not like he works all the time. He's natural. Yeah, anyway. So that's when he gets concerned. It's when he's like, your pulse is literally 180. Are you okay? I was like, I can't talk. But I'm fine. But I am good to go. Thumbs and sometimes up. it's weird because my pulse will be that high and I can talk. Is it just out of nowhere? Like while you're sitting down? No. No, it's just only. when I'm exertion. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No SVT anymore. When That's I had right. SVT, that would happen to me. I remember you checking it at work. Yeah, because I'm like, man, it feels a little funky. But now <laughs> it's not like that now. Now it's just okay. when I'm doing stuff. Okay. Um, but the specialist, she told me, she's like, don't leave out your bucket list. I can't give you a prognosis because the meds have not been around. Pretty much what all the other doctors said. Mm-hmm. These meds are relatively new in the scheme of medical things. Um, don't Google is one thing she told me, like right. every other doctor. She said that, you know, there's new ones coming out all the time. There's research going into this all over the place. So you're in a much better place mentally. Oh, yeah. Now. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it does still get to me. The support groups online are great, Mm -hmm. but then every once in a while, I will see people who are younger than me who are going in for their double lung transplant. That would be hard. And I'm like, wow, you are 23. That's crazy. And then like some of them, it's a double lung and heart. And I'm just like, I'm 30 now. Mm -hmm. And like, you're seven years younger than me having to do that. So it is scary how fast it can just turn on you and progress quickly. Mm -hmm. Because some of these people have been fine and then just bam, it just takes hold. Right. So that is scary. But overall, mentally, yes, I'm better. And how was it like getting back into your old routine? Because you had to take off work. Yeah, I took off work for a long time. I mean, all the follow-up appointments and phone calls. I mean, you were over here. You saw. Um, Yeah, I was like. If it's not mental, then you just need to be off to make phone calls. It was constant. It was all day, every day for the first few weeks. And then after that, I needed to be in a spot where I could come back to work. And, like, everybody is good-intentioned, I believe. Mm -hmm. But I needed to be able to not burst into tears when anybody asked a question. A question or, yeah. Or, like, anything. Any advice. Yeah. Yeah. I just needed to not be able to burst into tears because I am typically not a crier. But... So I wanted to kind of maintain that, mm. <laughs> and I just needed a second. Plus the meds, one of the meds I'm on, they wanted to make sure I didn't have, like, some people get super anemic, some people have really bad swelling and fluid retention have to be on, you know, diuretics for that. So you, making sure all the meds worked for me was So you important. didn't have a reaction with the second one? No. Okay. Um, I did have some, like, abdominal pain, which can happen. From the med? 
I believe so because I stopped it for a couple days and they ran some like labs and stuff and yeah I'm pretty sure it causes abdominal pain for me so but it's not pain I don't even want to say pain it's like a dull discomfort ache maybe so the meds aren't bothering something inside of your stomach it's just causing it's just causing me to be uncomfortable okay so I mean like they said they told me, you know, if it takes this long for it to fully take effect, expect it to take that long for your body to get used to the side effects from it, too. Mm. So if it takes 12 weeks to work, expect about 12 weeks of side effects. Anything after that... Okay, so the side effect could fade is what yes. you're telling me. Yeah. Okay, I thought yeah. you meant just get used to it. Like, it'll just be something I mean, it else can normal. Be. It can have to become a new normal, okay. but it can also subside, or I'll get used to it. Hmm. So I don't... I don't know. Well, I'm hoping for subsiding. Me too. But you know what? So I'm not against holistic approaches to anything. Oh, yeah, for sure. Obviously, the meds I'm on, I am thankful for, and they are not holistic at all. But marshmallow root. Have you ever heard of marshmallow root? Never. Okay. Why would you? Uh, but I love it. So apparently I love it does it so much stuff. What else did you tell me you were using? Turmeric? I got some turmeric essential oil, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. yes, tell me. And Mason, like, tried to put that on his lips, and then he came out of my room. He's like, my lips burn. I was like, from what? He was like... From my sandbox. I was like, you've been inside all morning. Yeah, try again. He was like... And I had told him, like, not even five minutes earlier, don't touch this. Oh, so he had to. And he went to Jarrett first, actually. He didn't even want to come to me. Yeah, he had to touch it, Victoria. And put it on his lips. I don't know why I we put it on our lips. Does it look like a bomb? No, it's in a little oil bottle. I was like... He was messing around with the bottle trying to get the cap off. I was like, hey, don't play with this. It's kind of like medicine. Don't use it without mommy or daddy. Mm-hmm. Not even five minutes later. Okay. And I told him, I was like, it could hurt you. I was like, it's an oil. It could burn your skin. It could, you know, I don't know if you're allergic to it. Right. And so he comes out. He's like, daddy, my lips burn. And I'm like, oh, I already know. <laughs> you know. I already know. <laughs> and that one was actually oregano. Like, I got turmeric <gasps> and oregano. Oh, yeah. I've heard oregano is really burning. Yeah. So he comes out of there smelling like some spaghetti or something. Yep. And I'm like, I know what you've done. Mm-hmm. Why do you smell like the spice cabinet? <laughs> so, Yeah. Um, I haven't used those yet, but I've heard so many good things. I went ahead and had them on hand. What are we doing with them? So far, nothing except trying to keep medicine away from them. Okay, I didn't know if we were cooking. I'm not doing anything with them just yet. Um, I just, you know, you like you said, oregano does it all. Oh yes, yeah. so I have had that one before. Mm-hmm. It's like infection, anti-inflammatory, fungal, bacterial. It does, it kills it all. I, I remember it was the one that like you had to dilute in which oh, you yeah. probably are supposed to dilute all of them but the lavender I was like well I'm sure it's fine oh that's me and the peppermint I'm yes like, this is gonna be cold exactly but I got scared of the oregano well you should yeah uh, Mason can let you know I feel bad for him <laughs> his lips did fine like they weren't super bad but I was like dude learning the hard way I was way. gonna say he found out but guess who hasn't touched it since I was gonna yep He's not going back for more. See, Remy, I can just say don't touch it. And that's a done deal. She doesn't care. No, Mason, we got to learn for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, yeah. so what's the marshmallow doing? So it actually helped the pain from the medicine. Okay, wait, what is it? A I cream, really a whip, have... a It's oil. a pill. I'm taking a pill. Okay. It's in a veggie cap. It's just, I don't really know what a marshmallow root is. Um, I really didn't know marshmallow was anything other than the white little thing that's probably bad for you. S'more. Yeah. <laughs> um... But, yeah, so it really does help. Like, I tried everything I tried because I didn't know what the pain was. 
Yeah. I tried ibuprofen. I tried Tylenol. I tried everything I was allowed to take. You did like your acupressure mat, right? Yeah. I did acupressure mat. I did yoga, some stretching. I tried upping my hydration. I was like, let me cut out coffee for a few days. Mm-hmm. That was short lived. Trust me. <laughs> But yeah, I really did try some things. And I've been gluten-free for over a year. And I kind of slacked off. But I got really strict back on. I was like, maybe my stomach doesn't like gluten now. I don't know. So none of that. None of that helped. So then I was like Googling and it said marshmallow root. First of all, it had a million things that it does. That is so... I'm going to have to look this up. It just soothes your GI tract. Okay. But it also has respiratory benefits. So I don't know if it's actually helping my breathing or not. But I'm taking it. We're gonna. There try were no it. contraindications with my medications or my condition, mm-hmm. so I'm taking it. Yeah. But when I took it the first time, it helped my abdominal pain within 30 minutes. Okay. Yeah. And nothing had touched it for like six weeks. So has it still been helping? Yeah. Are you taking it every day? Yeah. I don't take it every day. I take it when I feel the pain. Okay. Well, that makes and sense. And yeah, it has been helping. Okay. So I do like marshmallow root. But yeah, the specialist, everything was good there. I see her again January 11th. When I was there, she asked if I would be open to research studies. Oh, right, Because right, right. it's at Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. And you know, they'd be out there researching. I think that's so amazing. <laughs> I do too. you can be a part of that. Yeah. So I said, yeah. And she's like, okay, cool. I'll give your information to our research coordinator. She'll reach out to you if you apply, can even be eligible for any of them. Okay. Because I'm not severe, and a lot of them look at severe illness. I mean, that makes sense. So, I did get an email from her, spoke to her, the coordinator, and I am now enrolled in a few. And what do they do, like, when you go? So, it's different for each one. So, I went to one last Monday, and it was an echocardiogram, Mm -hmm. which is an ultrasound of your heart, blood work, urine sample, and that was it for that one. Okay. When I go to my specialist appointment in January, they're kind of combining and doing as much as they can while I'm already there. So it'll be another full day at Vandy. So it'll be follow-up appointments plus? Plus, yeah. Okay. And my doctor is one of the head researchers on this particular study. So she, part of it is a physical exam, like listening to me, you know, seeing if I have any swelling, mm-hmm. heart, lung sounds, all these things. So she'll be able to do that at my appointment. And then... I'll have more blood work, six-minute walk tests, pulmonary function tests, abbreviated lung functions. It's a laundry list of tests. Yeah, that's a lot. But they're not invasive. It's literally like blowing into a machine and a blood draw and pee in a cup. I mean, it's very simple Very doable. And then one of the studies I'm in, it hasn't been scheduled yet because you have to be on medication for three months before you are eligible. But they've gone ahead and enrolled me. I will do a cardiac MRI and an MRI of my legs once a year for three years. Okay, that's what else I was going to ask you is how often are your appointments now? So the specialist to see me for like med checks and seeing my progress and stuff, right now it's every three months. Okay. Um, I will have to have an echocardiogram done by her at some point. And then the right heart cath, that was terrible for me. Right. I do have to do that again next summer. So is that a yearly thing? I don't know if it'll be a yearly thing every year, but I know I, 2024, I have to do it in the summer. I do know that already. So, hoping for a better experience. Yeah, I didn't even want to bring that one up. I know. Because I know you told me you have to do it again. I do have to do it again. I'm not looking forward to it, but you know what? It'll be done at a different place, which I thought the place I had it done the first time was great. Right. They found it. It was a great experience. It's not their fault my blood pressure was low and they couldn't give me the loopy drugs. Mm -hmm. That is not on them at all. Right. 
it was just, you know, I'm an anxious person to begin with, and that was nerve-wracking, to be yeah. awake while they were wiggling a wire in your heart. Like, I was not a fan. No. No. At least now, now you know going into it. I know what to expect. It's kind of like with the C-section, you know, like that first one, you're just yeah. like, you don't know what's happening, and then right. the second one, you're still nervous, but you at least know what to expect. Yes, that's a little bit better. Yeah. So, and it's going to be a different place. Maybe my blood pressure will be acting right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, that's the only true way to get the pressures to see if the meds are working. Okay. So, echocardiogram can do an estimate of pressures, but it can't – it's not reliable. So, when I had my echocardiogram, it showed my pressures were in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Now, you want under 20. Oh, okay. I see. So, my pressures were in the 80s on my echo, and then they did the right heart cath, and my pressure was 36. I see. That's a huge difference. That's a big difference. That's like severe to mild. Right. So that's why we have to do the right heart cath. Okay. That makes sense. So yeah, if my pressures have gotten worse, there are other options as far as medication goes. Some people do um, an IV pump. Mm -hmm. That's just, you're constantly hooked to an IV. You have like a, it's called a Hickman line. Okay. That makes me think of like a port. Yeah. Kind of. And you just wear your meds. Okay. And get, like, a constant little dose of what you need. Mm-hmm. There are other, you know, inhaler options. There are other oral options. But a lot of people, you know, do some time on IV at some point with this condition. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't. Okay, so not everybody has to. Not everybody has to. And some people now, too, they get on the IV to get their pressures under control. And then they're able to transition off of it and onto oral meds. Okay. They just want to really get those pressures down. Okay. That's not my case, but it does happen. So if ever I end up on an IV, it's not that I'll be on it forever. Okay. I won't freak out. Don't freak out. <laughs> I will, but don't. <laughs> well, I can tell you feel better. Yeah, I do feel better. Mentally and physically. I mean, I know, like you said, there's definitely still some times. Yeah, like if I get in two in my head, it does freak me out. But I feel like you're motivated. You're doing your mile. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you're back at work. I'm so happy to be back at work. It's like some normalcy. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. Some adult interaction. Adult interaction out of my house. And, you know, I thought I was just going to have, like, a super clean, organized house because I had so much time off. And then I was feeling better, and I was still off work. Right. But, no, I got lazy. I mean, how are you going to do the same thing like I was that like, those every... dishes will be there tomorrow when right. I'm here tomorrow. Exactly. Like, so the routine is much better for me. Okay, I'm glad. Yeah. I thought it'd be harder, but it's not. And again, I mean, everybody missed you, so. I mean, I did miss everybody. I'm glad and you're feeling good enough to be back. I kind of, like, was hard on myself. I'm like, why am I not going back to work sooner? Mm. Because I was working without medications when I felt terrible. So why now that I'm medicated and feeling better, do I need this time? But it was all, like, mental. And then the doctor really did want me to wait Right, the make meds. sure the meds were fine. But, yeah. That was hard in a different way. Yeah. And then, you know... I have still been struggling. I think one of my biggest struggles is honestly, like, since I have been home and wanting to organize, getting rid of all the baby stuff. That's definitely, I mean, I don't know if you've even fully still processed your diagnosis, but that part of it. Mm-hmm. I'll pass, like, a picture or something with a baby, and then I'm like, it makes me think of you. I mean, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, I think of you every time, because I'm like, that's just so unfair I don't even know if that's the right word I mean life's not fair but it does not feel fair and you know I was pretty sure I wanted more Mm -hmm. and so I mean 
I prayed for an answer and it doesn't get more clear than being told you're going to die if you have one. I mean, you definitely so, did get a clear answer. I got a clear answer. You don't get to choose how or what the answer is. Yep. So it's clear. Um, but no, it is hard. And I mean, even like the other day, somebody called to book a prenatal massage. Right. It's the little things that just keep reminding you. They keep creeping in. And... I am happy for these people because you never know what's going to happen in their lives. They could get the same news. They could get worse news. You right. never know. So I'm happy for these people. Yeah. But it is still hard. I know. I'll be scrolling the reels and I'm like, oh, that's funny. I'm like, oh, I can't send that to Victoria because I don't know if you're going to think it's funny. I, I don't mean, ever want to upset you and I'm thinking of you too. I mean, it is hard, but I also know I'm not the only person in the world. I'm thankful I got two kids. There are plenty of people in these support groups who want kids so badly and already have this diagnosis. Right. That would just be... I mean, I cannot imagine. So I am more than grateful for my two healthy... I have a boy and a girl. Like, I mean, I could not be more blessed in that aspect. I am so thankful. Yeah. Because between endometriosis and this, I had a very short window, I feel like, to have Um, kids. Yeah, you had a lot stacked up against you. And I still have two, like... Yeah. You don't get more fortunate than that. I mean, if we're spinning it, then yeah, that is... So I really do try to spin it because I can I can make myself sad about it. Of course. And sometimes I just am sad about it. But I let those be short moments mm-hmm. because I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. You've got and your you two know, healthy babes. I've got my two healthy babies and mm-hmm. I, I'm just I'm more thankful than I am sad. I mean, I think that's the only way we can be or we and would I just mean, be depressed all the time right which I mean I don't think we've ever talked about this on here either but I am not the only one who got cut off on kids Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. you wanted more kids too well yeah it's just a different way so I even I mean I feel what you're feeling but I don't want to feel that way because I could have yes I got the option taken away from me after a divorce but I could have Met someone new. And just gone on down the street and found somebody else. Right. Really not that easy. But yeah, I feel, makes me more sad for you because I feel like you were at the time where, I mean, you were, re- I feel like you were ready to have another kid. I know you were. I was not ready at that moment, but I was approaching the time where I was ready. Right. Like you knew you were getting your health in order. Yeah. And then I could see the end of that and you having another baby. Right. Because that was my word for the year was health. Yes. So I was going to get my health right and then have a baby. Yes. But getting my health right meant no more babies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think no matter how you get cut off, there's like a mourning process. I mean, I was at the same point. I was ready for another one. Yeah. Henry was two. I would have had three or four. Mm-hmm. And then I just felt like everything that comes along with that, I know there's absolutely nothing wrong with having half or step children and siblings. Oh, I know yeah. they're a blessing, but that was something I needed to think about. And do I want to do that with my kids? Right. What do you want your dynamic to look like? Yes. And then I just got to a point where I felt like my kids need me so much on my time, I couldn't add anything else. So it ended up being for the best. Yes. And I mean, I'm sure mine will too. Of course. But like you said, it just takes time to... Mourn that you don't get what you thought you wanted. Right. Yeah. No matter how it comes to you. I think I'm always like that in my head. Like... Oh, man, this would be so nice. But I'm so happy and I'm so blessed. But it is true. I just don't want to live in that state of what could have been. Right. You have your moment. Mm -hmm. But it's like a 30-second moment and then we're moving on. Yes, because then you just look at your kids and they're so good. All gone. Yeah. 
Well, and I remember even Amy at work. She was talking about how one day in the shower she just started crying because she realized she was closer to like grandkids than she was to having babies of her own again. And she knew she was done. She made that choice on her own, Mm -hmm. and it was still hard. So I think no matter if it's your choice, not your choice, there's like a mourning period when you're done having babies. Yeah, when they get past the baby stage and you're like, man. And, you know, Remy just turned three, so I feel like I'm there. Yeah. I mean, I know she's little, but she's not a baby. Yeah. I know. I mean, I've talked to some moms that are like, oh, I'm absolutely positively sure, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, they can be. I just wonder if they even ever have right. a and little feeling. And even if it's not in that moment, like years right. down Later. the road. I talked to a mom friend, and she has two boys. And I feel like they were probably Emma and Henry's age when I talked to her about this. And she was like, we wish we would have had two more. Like, thought they were done. Yeah. And she was like, I wish we would have had two more. That replays in my brain all, all the, the time. time. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so to recap, my health is good. Oh, my cardiologist. Okay. Um, I had a follow-up with my cardiologist, which he is the one who actually figured this out for me. Dr. Honeycutt. Dr. Honeycutt. That we love so much. Love him so much if you need a cardiologist. <laughs> He's the one who figured it out. The attending was going to send me home at the ER that day. Like, I had already been done twice before. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, I will take her, put her in the cardiac tower of this hospital. I got it. Yes. So he's the one who figured it out. And honestly, I say saved my life. And I know that sounds maybe dramatic, but if I didn't get diagnosed till I was in heart failure, right? he definitely improved my quality of life. Yes. We love him so much. Um, and his team. Yeah. I mean, his nurses were great. Everybody mm-hmm. was so great. So I had to follow up with him and he hugged me, I don't know, 27 times. That is so sweet. He was like, you just look so much better. He listened to my heart and he was like, if I didn't know you had pulmonary hypertension, I would not know. He's like, I have no suspicions just based off your EKG today. Like my EKG looked good, mm-hmm. which is, he was like, that's crazy. Like it already looks so good. Um, your heart sounds good. So that was really nice to hear. And that just, is really nice. And you got to see him again. I did get to see him. He did release me. He's like, I'm going to release you on a PRN because you're not in heart failure. Nothing's wrong with your heart. So you don't need him. I don't need him. But he's like, I'll keep you on as an existing patient if you ever do need anything. Okay, good. I'm like, okay. He's like, even if it's like five, six years down the road, let me know. Okay. I was like, okay, cool. Hopefully, hopefully I don't. But mm-hmm. if my SVT wants to sneak back up or anything wild, then we have it. And I mean, I just wish I could go visit you. Honestly. I know. Can I see you once a year? That's how I was like with my kid's pediatrician. Can I just tell you thank you once a year? Yeah. I'll just come in. I mean, I cried in his office. You should send him a Christmas card. And I am, card. again, not a crier. <laughs> It's just a safe space. I was like, you literally like saved my life. How do you say that to somebody and mean it and not cry? Right. It's going to be emotional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I could literally still be walking around passing out at the top of my stairs and not being able to play with my kids. Yeah. But he made that possible. Right. So how do you not cry? Yeah. <laughs> He's getting all the emotions. Yeah. So I had a good follow up with the cardiologist. I don't think I've mentioned on here though that I am in therapy now. Like I have a psychiatrist and like a talk therapist if you will okay so did anybody like recommend that you should do that or you just so the way it actually all went down is I thought I was going crazy I thought my anxiety had just like really gotten out of hand I'd been told twice at the ER that was the case I was like man because you know anxiety can manifest is like shortness of breath your heart feels you know chest pain it feels palpitations all the things I was experiencing Mm mm-hmm all my labs were coming back normal. I'd been checked out at the ER twice. I really thought I was, like, having 
some mental issues. So I got on a wait list for a psychiatrist. And in between the time I got on the wait list, she actually called and I was able to make an appointment. In between waiting for my appointment is when I got diagnosed. Okay. So it was actually really helpful to already have somebody in place to help process Mm -hmm. after. And the psychiatrist was like, yeah, let's get you hooked up on some medications. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially those first few weeks. Right. And she recommended talk therapy. And I think that's been helpful in, like, trying to process everything that's going on. Okay. I feel like that's really good. And I'm just, you know, again, glad that I already had been on a wait list and gotten an appointment. Yes. So that had almost immediate help. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, I was on the wait list for a minute. Yeah. But yeah, I really did think I was losing my mind. I mean, you knew something was wrong, but after you're turned away twice, it's just like, what What can I, was can away, I do? I was turned away twice, and I was also still seeing my primary care at the time, and he was checking out, you know, other things like hormone levels, and, you know, he had a chest CT scheduled, and all these things that would have hopefully eventually gotten me to the same diagnosis. Right. It was the more scenic route, but, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like I wasn't checking into it. Yeah. So I'm glad that I have these people to help me. And if you're giving advice to somebody like yourself a couple months ago, is there anything else you could be doing? Or you feel like they're on the same path? Everybody feels wildly different with this condition. So somebody can be in mild condition just like me. Somebody can have better numbers than me and feel really way worse than me. Mm -hmm. It just, it's so circumstantial. But push yourself mm-hmm. mentally and physically. I okay. think as long as it's safe. I mean, obviously, if your doctor says don't do it, I'm right. not a doctor. Right. But for you, that's what. But yeah, for me, the doctor gave me the all clear, so now I'm pushing myself. Okay. Which you know I like to do that in life anyway. Mm-hmm. I feel a lot better, but I don't know how much to attribute. I think a lot of it, my physical symptoms being better, like I feel like I can breathe and my heart. I don't have chest pain. Obviously, those things are going to make you less anxious when mm-hmm. those go away. Mm-hmm. But I don't think having somebody to talk to who's a professional hurts. No. And I seriously love the Facebook group for you. I do like the Facebook groups. I know I've talked a lot about how great they are. And they are great. And there's a lot of great people. And, I mean, there there are some scary things on there. But, again, it's so circumstantial. You can't read one bad post and be like, doomsday. I just feel like, overall, you've got somebody you can connect with. Because I can't think of anybody else that I even know that has this. Yeah, no. <laughs> and I don't know anyone who has it. Um, I feel like that's what everybody wants is somebody they can relate to. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've messaged, like, private message with several of the people in the group. And everybody's very supportive because I think everybody feels like they're in the same boat. Mm-hmm. And everybody kind of has, not a mentor, but I don't know what word to use for right. it. But they find these people. And you connect with them. And you connect with them. And then I've had a couple people reach out to me now. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm brand new too. I'm new. (laughs) And they're like, that's fine. I'm not diagnosed yet. I'm still in the process of getting my diagnosis, but I'm pretty sure, and my doctor's pretty sure I have this. Talk to me about it. Yes. Okay, well, I owe my experience to you because somebody else has done that for me. Exactly. Now, it's odd to me that you're picking me brand new. (laughs) (laughs) You might want someone with some years under their belt. But also, like, one girl found me and her pressure, my pressure was 36. Hers Mm -hmm. was 38. Like, She's like, I feel pretty good except when I do stairs, when Mm -hmm. I'm doing this, that. And I'm just like, okay, 
true. Like, you want someone who's similar. Right. One girl was like, hey, not to be creepy, but I, like, stalked your profile. I think we might be the same age. We both have young kids. Mm -hmm. So I get wanting that connection. For sure. And it is rare. So to find somebody who has it, who isn't a similar walk of life of you, too. Yeah, I feel like that's my favorite thing for you. Yeah. It helped you, and now you get to help. Pass it on. Yes, I Just love passing it. passing it on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, everything's going good, and research studies, I don't do anything else until January, so I'm kind of just like on a pause till January, letting medicines do their thing. Okay. It's one of those things where I feel like you should be looking at me all the time, mm-hmm. but you also have to like let the let meds them work. do their thing, mm-hmm. so just chill until January. Okay. So we'll do a little update then, I guess. Okay. Well, I loved this update, because okay. I feel like it was really positive. It's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, y'all, thanks for listening. If you haven't already subscribed, you can do that on Spotify or the Purple Podcast app, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.